good to know the Lord, and it's good to come before the Lord always, and for us to listen to what he has for us. Amen. Amen. I know we are preparing for our 40 days of power. Very, very important in our life. A time shall come when we sit down, reflect, and have time with our Father and with God, renew our strength, and launch out. And I think and I believe that that is what we are going to do. We'll do it as an individual, we'll do it as a church, and we'll do it as a family. Uh, and as we do that, it's going to help us to attain uh, whatever our heart desire is. And fasting is very important. Fasting is done by many religions. It simply means that fasting sometimes puts you in a form uh, where you'll be able to listen to whatever deity that you worship and serve. But fasting should not be the objective. The 40 days, our objective should not be because I'm not eating for 40 days. Throughout the scriptures, most of the fasting that happen is not because people want to fast. They have a need. And because of the need or because of something else, by seeking that thing, they don't eat. Let me give you one example from the Old Testament. Moses, when he was going to receive the law, he did not eat for 40 days. He did not go there purposely not to eat for 40 days. He went there purposely for the law. The objective of his going there wasn't to go and abstain from food for 40 days. It was an objective to receive the laws, and by going there and waiting to receive, he did not eat. Even Jesus, in the New Testament, the Bible says after Jesus was baptized, he was led into where? Wilderness. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Not to fast, but to be what? To be tempted. <laughs> so he going there was not the objective, was not even the fasting. He was led into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. His objective was to be tempted. He has to go through what man went through, what Adam went through and failed. He has to go through that. So in waiting for the temptation, he did not eat for 40 days. And when he had fasted for 40 days, Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, you see, the tempter has come. This is why he went there. He was then in readiness now to be able to face the situation. So the tempter then came, knowing, I believe that, Jesus was, was born humanly like us. How many you know that? He ate, he drank water 
like them, isn't it? He spoke the language they spoke, isn't it? He got tired and slept, isn't it? Whatever the human body felt, he felt it. So, he was tempted. If it didn't mean anything to him, then we won't call it a temptation. How many of you here don't like a petition? Some of you, if I put a petition in your mouth, you'll vomit. Some, if I pass it by you, there will be some activation <laughs> in your system. <laughs> so the one that when I put a petition, he won't, he will vomit it out, cannot be tempted with that. But the one, if I pass by, and the aroma, just pass it through your nose, some things in your body begin to react. If you have to put yourself under control. So it's simply whatever he was tempted with, he desired that. Knowing this, that Satan was also coming, and when he comes, his temptation is going to use the word of God to tempt him. No one said the Satan said was the word of God. Jesus had to put himself in a position where he will be able to distinguish the voice of Satan from the voice of God, even though it's the same word that is being quoted. If you are not sensitive to the spiritual realm and you're hungry and a voice comes and says that turn this into bread and eat, who will you say it is? Because there is a need, and you know God always meets the need of his people. So if you are not so sensitive, you will mistaken that voice to be the voice of God and eat. He knew he was coming to take the world, isn't it? Satan took him up. He's the ruler. He's the king. He's going to take the entire world to himself. And the devil took him into a city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, he tried to test Jesus, who he is. And sometimes when they try us more, we fail. If you are a Christian, do this. You don't do things because somebody asks whether if you're a Christian. You do it because God says you should do it. If you are the son of God, throw yourself what? Yourself down. For it is written. Satan is quoting scripture. Sometimes Satan knows scriptures more than believers. He said, it is written, he shall give his angels what? Charge over you. And in their hands, they will bear you up lest you dash your feet against a stone. Is this not a good message for you to jump down? But Jesus knew that this is not the voice of God. 
he was in a position and his spiritual link was so sharp that he knows the father's voice and knows the enemy's voice. That even though Satan is speaking through the vessel of the scriptures, it is not God speaking. He went ahead. There are no temptation. He took him up on a sitting high mountain. You know, you have all that it takes. But what I need, look at it. So he showed him what? The kingdoms of what? Of the world and their glory. The kingdoms of the world, not one kingdom. The kingdoms of the world. And what? Their glory, not their woes. If God shows you the kingdom of the world and their inflation and their the, uh, uh, whatever economic uh, name they give to them, you will not take it. If he shows you the kingdom of Ghana and add insult to it, some of you will run away. But when he shows you Motoke, when you're going to every when everybody stops for you and you pass by and you see you are wielding, the person is wielding authority here, you say, Yeah, obey your president, I dead. But I say, Mom. He showed him all that and said, if you, if you will fall down and worship me, if you don't take time, you may think it's God who is asking you to worship him so that he can give you that. We all face that kind of temptation. He went there to be tempted, but in going there for this work, he has to abstain from food. I don't know whether drink, uh, water is part of it, but he did not eat food. So you can skip one meal, it's still fasting. You can skip two meals, it's still fasting. You are giving out something. The body is telling you, I need it. Even if the food is in your mouth, you remember, swallow it. Don't take the next one. <laughs> if you make fasting legalistic, you don't get anything. If you make it the objective, you will make it the very legal. That's where your face become long. You are walking in the office and everybody knows you are fasting. It is your relationship with God. So we have to prepare our mind and ourselves, next week, maybe I'll tell you a practical way how to start the fast. Some of us, our stomach have problems. So I will help those with those problems with the stomach so that you don't feel guilty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you see? <laughs> That's good. You say, people say, okay, yeah, you're happy. If you feel sad for fasting, then it's become legalistic. If there's an objective that you want to fast for, not even fasting, you want to get this, and because of that, I am not going to eat. And I'm going to wait upon the Lord, get result. You forget about eating the food. Food doesn't become your focus. Your focus is what you are going for. 
And by doing that, you don't eat. And you don't even feel and recognize at a certain point that you are not eating. Because your focus is not on the food. If the other way, if it's the other way, your focus will be on the food. And when it is 2 o'clock, your prayer will be, let the time go fast so that I will eat. That is not fasting. You are desiring. When will that? You look at your time. Someone, you look at your time. That is not fasting. It's not legalistic. Once your mind is on your objective, all those things will win down. Sometimes it is time for you to eat, but there's intensity of that prayer in your heart, and you want to finish even before you go and eat. That's what I call real fasting. So it's good to fast, but it's good to set objective for yourself, for your family, for the church, for the nation, and for the world. Most of the people who fast in the Bible have objective. Daniel had objective. He wanted to understand certain things. And because of that, he did not eat for 21 days. And the kind of fast he did was that it wasn't that he didn't put food in his mouth. He didn't eat some short food. So you can deny yourself of some luxury or some certain things. It's also a fast. But the objective is not, not what you ate or what you didn't eat. The objective is I want to be spiritual. I want to get close to God. I want to know God well. I want to do is I have this and I want it to be done. At the end, you should be able to say, when I fasted, this is what I got. If you cannot tell me the goal you score, that you score a goal and you play the football and there's no goal post, it doesn't matter how well you play or the two team plays. You finish 90 minutes. The question they are going to ask you, how many goals did you score? There must be some objective in everybody's life. And I think this year, the most objective we must have is a spiritual objective. Well, it's good to fast for job. That's okay. I think it should be side issues. We should fast for spiritual purpose. When we are praying for Ghana, we'll be praying for souls that are lost. People who don't know Christ. That at the end, when we finish, there's a burden on your heart to tell every unbeliever that Jesus died for him. We may pray for a change of our economy, which is very good. But if the people don't change, We'll be wasting our time. So let's take the human being first, prioritize the human beings, pray for them that they'll have an encounter with Christ. Sometimes when people have an encounter with Christ like Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus will take the money, divide it, and what goes into his pocket is more than what he gives to the government. Main country. Out of that, Zacchaeus became very rich, cheated to become rich, used wrong method to become rich. He knows how to legally steal. When Zacchaeus came in contact with Christ, 
his wisdom of eating around stopped. And he said, even if I have eaten around and cheated anybody, see, when you eat around, you can't find somebody to, uh, you have cheated. Of fact, you can't point to particular <laughs> thing that this is what he did. If I have cheated anybody, I will restore twice. Jesus didn't even tell him that what you've done is wrong. When you come in contact with Christ, nobody will preach to you that what you're doing is wrong. And our prayer should target those things that people will go to the office and start crying. They want to eat around, they put their hand, Holy Ghost convicted them. He can also do that. Anybody who wants to enter into this, he knows that I'm not going to eat around, I'm going to save the people. Let me tell you, there is healing, strength, longevity in serving people sincerely. You might not have enough money, but God will protect you, Amen. preserve you, Amen. because you are a tool in his hands, a good tool in his hands. Our fasting should work on light. It should first work on us. Our fasting should have an objective, first for our lives to be better. At the end of the fasting, I should be more spiritual. I should be more holy. There should be repentance in my life. I must change the way I used to be. I must be closer to the spiritual realm. I must hear God better than before. I should be very sensitive to the spiritual things. Or else it will become a yearly tradition. Or a yearly ritual. Is that right? The moment it becomes ritualistic, we've lost the meaning. We wait 40 days of power. To some of us, that's the time we trim down. So, oh, probably I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat. When I get there, uh, 40 days will come. That's good, that's good. After, uh, after 40 days, I see people, uh, the weight change. It has physical benefit and it has spiritual benefit. As we do that, we put ourselves. There's any time you're going to fast, have a reason. Don't just start, I want to fast. Vague vision. I want to fast. For what? There must be a goal. If he said, you want to be healed, put it in the goal. That God, I have this disease. Doctors have tried. It's not working. Now I want to also bring you in. After I finish fasting, do something about it miraculously. When you have it in that way, you start, and it doesn't become very difficult. It's not difficult if you want to do it. 
But I'll, next week, I will tell you how to start it. Some of us, you have some medical condition, consult your doctors first because you take some medication and they must go with food. And that one, consult your doctor. And if it's only even one meal, he says you can uh, skip. You've done it. It's a spirit of fasting. That is the most important thing. Putting yourself in a spiritual form, in, a, in, in an atmosphere of fasting. The Bible said something about it. Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 3. It talks about fasting. Actually, let me read from verse 1. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the word, the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in what? In approaching God. These are people who have a heart for God. But let's continue. Why have we fasted? Who asked that question? The people. They say, and you have not seen. Look, we have all this intention. We come to church on this day, and we have fasted, and you haven't seen anything. And you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls? And you take no notice. I want my fasting to be seen by God, and I want my fasting to be noticed. Some people fast, God don't see it, he won't notice it. That is called starvation. I don't want this to be you starving yourself, but you fasting. In the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your labors. Indeed, you fast for what? Strife and debate. Some of you are fasting. I'm going to fast for this one who did me something. After I finished fasting, something should happen to him. You fast for strife and debate and to strike with the feast of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day. To make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes? That is the way they used to fast. And we say on fast. Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Disciples seem to have done everything right. But God is saying it's not. The attitude was wrong. So if it's not right, what is right? Is this not the first that I have, what? Chosen. So there's a chosen first. And the first God has not chosen. To lose the what? The bonds of what? Wickedness. To undo the what? The heavy burdens. In other words, 
as you break the bond of wickedness, when you finish, don't still be wicked. To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. It has a power to set people free. And that you break every yoke, it releases anointing to break yokes. Because the anointing breaks the yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Some of us should put breakfast down, lunch down, you bind them together in the evening and eat. Eat until your stomach overstretched. You are okay, but you still want to eat. Some will wait 4.30, the pound to food. <laughs> that kind of fast. You say, oh, it's not 6 o'clock. So eat heavy fufu, get up in the morning. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Some, they eat even more at fasting time. As if the food, we can deceive God. As if God doesn't see what we do. Don't let it be like that. It shouldn't be legalistic. Okay. To share your bread with the hungry. Take your bread. What you're not eating. Get it to somebody. That's the time to do good. You don't fast to be wicked. You fast to have compassion. You fast to break you down, to humble yourself down. And after you've done that, God responds to you. And that you'll bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Now be careful. The modern day poor. But they are tricksters all around. Bring them to your home. It might not be to your bedroom. It might not be to your house. But bring them to a place they can feel comfortable. Where is your number one home? The house of the Lord. Invite them to church. To come and enjoy what you are enjoying. To come and receive what you have received. Take them home here. They are bound by the enemy. The only place they can be set free is in the church. If it's a drunkard, bring him to church. Let him come and walk like this. Don't worry. If it's a prostitute, bring him to church. If it's the other people, the other ones, I don't want to mention, bring them to church. They could be male, male, bring them to church. Female, female, bring them to church. Bring them to the house of God. This is where we have to love, cry for them, pray for them, set them free. Some of them are trapped, sincerely trapped. And if you're in the same soup, you'll be like that. It's time to have compassion and pray 
not bringing them to practice it, bringing them to set them free. So I found that it's a problem. They are trapped. Some of your children are trapped. You don't know. Is it time for us to come and pray and break those yoke, set them free, bring them to the house of the Lord? Amen. Deliverance is in the house of the Lord. Amen. You don't hate them. You love them and bring them. And make sure you do, if they get to the house of the Lord, God has a way of bringing deliverance. Some is not their fault. They fell into people's hands who were indoctrinated. So pray. If indeed there is power in prayer, then something can be done. Unless there is no power in prayer. So Isaiah was telling us what fasting should achieve. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Cover them. Cover the nakedness of them. There are people not spiritually naked. They have no spiritual covering. Cover them. Pray to cover people spiritually. They are spiritually disgraced in your family. Pray for the covering. Then your light shall what? Break forth like what? The morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your regard. God's glory will be your what? What is a regard? Protection from where? From front or back? I was telling somebody when God gave spiritual. Armor of God. I didn't see back. Almost all of them were out front. So your back is left. So now some people can escape behind you. And when people are choking you at your back, it's more painful. So when you are moving in life, you are not afraid of any consequences behind you. You know God's glory is protecting you. It's forward and you're moving forward. Your back is covered and you're moving forward. Your back is forward. Nobody can attack you from behind. And your glory of the Lord is behind you. So anyone who even follows you get blessed. You pass by every place and when the person passes by, some blessing falls there. But God's glory will pass and follow. He comes to visit you, and before you realize something good is happening. The glory of the Lord 
will be your God. The very presence of God will be behind you. Have you forgotten about the man? The actress should be where God lives and God's glory is. And when they were bringing the, the ark to Jerusalem, everybody was excited, including the King David. They were dancing and dancing, and the donkey that was carrying it stumbled, and the thing wanted to fall. Uzzah wanted to hold it, and God, God killed him. David became angry. So he said, this sin is dangerous. So he found some man who deserved death. <laughs> so the idol guy, take this into your home. <laughs> the thing that killed people, take it to your home. Waiting to find out that all the children, is, uh, they are dead. The wife is dead. Everybody is dead. But he never knew that God's glory have entered into the house of Edidon. And within three months, Obedidom, the poor man, became the richest man in the city. Everybody heard. Now it was told King David, saying, the Lord has what? Blessed the word. The house of who? Obedidom. And all that belongs to him, not only his house, but everything that belongs to him started prospering. Obedidon has been blessed because the glory of the Lord have come to his house. Our fasting should bring God's glory. And the glory of the Lord should follow us. He said, the glory of the Lord shall be your regard. It will follow you. It means that wherever you go, you determine the blessing. Not the blessing determine where to go. Every place so step, it follows you there. When everybody is failing and you go to that field, it begins to boom. The king had it. The president had it. That God is blessing Obedidom. Like, look at it. Now it was told King David. The man was so rich that they went out. Hey, David, you're sitting down. Obedidom has become richer than you. Obedidom has become rich. David said, Hey! The glory of the Lord has entered their house. Why was he blessed? Because of the ark of God. God's glory will be your regard. <laughs> Next week, I will continue and give you guidelines on how to start and when you start, what to do to have the utmost benefit from this 40 days of power. God bless you. <laughs>